Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to episode number 16. In this episode, we spend some time with the last man on Earth. We'll explore a world with no more noise, no more lines at the checkout, and plenty of parking. So join us, won't you? And we'll discover what happens when the last man on Earth isn't alone. You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead. Zombies, exploding heads. Psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing but dead folks. I want to kill you. The so so You ever talk to a corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Throw the third switch! Look! The third switch! Give my creation! Bye! He's like, ah, sorry, that is new business. <laughs> I guess I should get it right before I ever try to quote it. That's okay. I get myself into those pickles all right, the time. If only my brain would work as quickly as my mouth. Yeah. But it won't. Do you listen to many podcasts? I listen to lots of them. I love I love finding new great podcasts. There are a lot of mediocre ones out there. Sure. Which up- upon finding them made me think when people stumble upon our podcast, are they like, okay. God, I don't want to hear these people talk about their trip to Halloween Town. Um, but I, I, I think people like our gab. Speaking you, of which. Go on. Uh, I've had a fairly horror free month. Well, in, in, in my private life, I, I was thinking about I mean, this um, because I, w- I was truly today. I was like, what can I talk about? And then I realized you and I did some together, did some things. That, oh, good. That That's my fallback. Gab. Perfect. Um, so, hey, listeners, Kat and I took a field trip and as it was getting dark. Yeah. We were just sort of driving around L.A. to different spots. But as it was getting dark around the dinner hour, uh, we went into a private residential neighborhood Oh, I guess it's it's a public. I mean, you can. It's not gated. It's not yeah. a gated community. Definitely residential, though. Uh, and found the two babysitter houses from the film Halloween. Oh man, I can't believe living that close to it. I just never ventured over there. You didn't either. Yeah, and it wasn't hard. It was just on a. You know, we just looked it up online, and then went over. And we didn't get out of the car. No, we I felt creepy. We felt yeah. We felt like just stalkery and i was taking pictures of some stranger's house right and then something happened that made us realize how stupid we were for feeling creepy which was <laughs> we'd, we'd been there for about like 10 minutes like like sneaking phone pictures from the side of, of like just out the car not even rolling down the window no we didn't even roll down the no. window we stayed sealed up in the car and so we didn't intrude on these people's lives which all of the uh windows were uh you know with thickly drawn blinds because their homes are tourist attractions because after we'd been there for like 10 minutes, here comes a tour van. We're like, we'd better get out of here before we start looking creepy. And then, and on your right, you're going to see a bottle of Halloween. We hear through our rolled up windows in the car and we look at each other like, oh, oh we're not that creepy. We're, we're, we're not even the worst things to be here this hour. No. And I feel like that one of those tour buses comes by like every 20 minutes at least. Probably. All day long. But it was cool. Like, Dave, what would you say? Are the houses still the same color? Did we? They look exactly 
like they did in the movies to me. Uh, I know in one of them you can like kind of see around back and see the um the garage laundry room mm-hmm. from one of the houses. I don't know why that was like an extra treat for me. It was like, oh, there's the laundry room. Right. I've seen you stuck in plenty of other positions, right? Yeah. That was pretty cool. If we'd been there, I think, during the day, like when people are at work, mm-hmm. we would have gotten out of the car. Sure. We would have. This was, yeah, you're right. It was dinner it hour. It was dinner hour. I'm willing to bet that those fans probably aren't allowed to go by in at, after dark, I would think. Maybe. I, I don't know. There's no law, but but They that's... may have some kind of regulation. Well, I cause... think, I think, going to someone's private home that was used in TV or movies, uh, you should treat it the same as a phone call. Don't call after 10. Yes. And don't call during dinner hour. And don't overstay your phone call length welcome. Like, don't hang outside. Don't pitch a tent outside the house for, like, an hour and, like, you know, go up to the front door and pose like you're yeah. knocking on it. And you know what? As long as we're making up rules, people, don't go covered in fake blood. Oh, That right. was not a temptation of ours. No, but, but I bet it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the same people who are interested in those houses have at least one blood-stained shirt, like, in the closet for, like, emergency Halloween costume. Sure. I've got one. It's... It, That's it actually so cool. I don't have one. It's actually kind of cracked in the front. The fake blood dried. Sure. And then over the years, just kind of like cracked the Ew, shirt, but yeah. I still wear it. You, yeah. You the don't closest have... I have to that is just a, a slowly growing collection of wigs from all my Halloween costumes. But nothing, nothing bloody in the closet. Um, no. Although for like a week after I did my black box TV zombie thing, I had my dried, crusted, bloody clothes in the backseat of my car. I realized, like, I just hadn't cleaned it out, and I realized, like, you look through the car window, it looks like I have bloody clothes in my car. Like, what? What has she been doing? Um, no, but I didn't keep them in the closet. Uh, and just as far as us uh, finding uh, spots from horror-related places, Cat and I were downtown a while ago and oh, yeah. realized. I was like, Cat, we are a mere six blocks away from the theater from the beginning of the Thriller music video. It's the Palace Theater, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, then we must go to there. We did. And to get a good picture of it, you have to be sort of in the middle of the street, which they didn't shut down the street for us. But uh, you can just um, cross at the crosswalk. There's like a crosswalk right in front of it. So we would take turns going across and having the other person take our picture and then do like stop in the crosswalk and do a zombie pose. You have to. And then it's like, click. And it's like, okay, your turn. (laughs) Yeah. You go do the zombie pose. It was good fun. One, two, three, four. This is Samantha Belmont, one third owner of the greater Los Angeles basin speaking. You guys. Hey everybody, I'm Marshall Hicks. And I'm Kat Knipe. And this is Boys and Ghouls. And in this episode, we're talking about Last Man on Earth movies. Um, the, the parameters we set uh, for each other when we decided to, to do this subject is just that like, the more people surviving in, in a movie, the further away from the topic we're getting. Right. So like something like Road Warrior, that's not so much Last Man on Earth as just post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Right. And while an apocalyptic event may lead to a last man on Earth, there is sort of a separation right. in the genre. Right. Or you could just call last man on Earth movies more of a sub 
subgenre. Sure. And I do think this topic, more than anything else we've done that I can think of, really straddles that line between horror and sci-fi. I was the only one left on the planet after the Holocaust, eh? Go. The Earth had been, like, devastated by nuclear war. Like, Russia blew up the U.S. and U.S. blew up Russia, eh? Statue of Liberty. Lucky for me, I'd been off-planet on vacation at the time of the war, eh? There wasn't much to do. All the bowling alleys had been wrecked. So as I spent most of my time looking for beer. Um, Marshall, what would you do if you were the last man on Earth? Well. Have you thought about that? I thought that you would ask. No. <laughs> did you? Um, the usual stuff. I say the usual stuff because these movies seem to cover it pretty okay. Mm-hmm. You, you mean time... you would go on a shopping spree at the mall to a montage of girls just want to have fun? Yeah, and, and it wouldn't take long for me to get kind of eccentric, mm-hmm. you know, to just go around like crushed velvet. <laughs> the... Wait, wait, what? You, you would know. suddenly wear like outrageous clothing? This is outrageous clothing. It's just me. No one's around to judge. I wouldn't judge you now, but this is the, the, I did not expect that answer to come from. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, Or just, I mean, I don't know. You know what? Well, there's last man on earth and then there's last man on earth, LA edition. uh Uh-huh. So last man on earth, LA edition. Yeah. If I would find myself last man in Burbank, there's like prop warehouses and costume shops. Sure. So I'm I'm just going to be roaming the streets and just the most out. You know what? Forget it. I'm going to be like wearing John Wayne's actual clothes yes. that I took off a mannequin. I'll take a trip over to the Autry, uh, uh-huh. Autry Museum. Yep. Put on some John Wayne clothes. <laughs> he was 6'4", so it'll be a little baggy. And then uh, walk across the street, start freeing some lions. Yeah. Because that's where the, uh, the LA Zoo is. Wait, why would you do that? Don't you want to survive? Or, or you're just like, no, I'm going to have as much fun as I can in like a day or two, and then I'm out. It'll be easier than feeding the lions. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's either free- or you could just leave him alone. Free the lions or feed him. No. 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 They'll no. starve. Or you'll die if you let them out. Mm. You know what? If I unlock the cages, they're not going to try right away. They'll be, True. They'll be like, huh? There's some noise. Oh, well. And then like like the next day, they'll be like. You'd probably get enough time to get Like, away. I'm hungry and I smell monkeys. <laughs> and then they'll try the door. You bring up a good point I hadn't really thought of, which is it oh. would be so much better to be the last man on earth in a, like a metropolitan area than it would be to be the last man on earth in the middle of like Iowa. You know? Yes. Unless the last man on earth is not alone. Right. Which is always like the second act uh-huh. of the last man on earth movies. Yes. Typically. Yes. It's like, Hey, look, now we see how he shops and how he amuses himself with the day. And look, he's driving cars that came right out of like the expensive car dealerships right and then you know act two he's not alone which make i you know when i really sat down to think about this in terms of horror because i felt more like wow we're just really kind of covering sci-fi here but horror bleeds into a lot of other genres as we've talked about mm-hmm. kind and, of. and and horror and sci-fi are even when separate close cousins absolutely but um i was kind of thinking okay well what's scary about the idea of being the last man on earth and i thought well you know for the most part what's scary about being alone and what, in my opinion, what's scary about being alone is almost always the fear that you aren't. The fact that you don't have anyone there to either protect you, make you not think about it, but the fact that someone might be lurking just outside the door, that someone is around the corner, that what is that shadow, what just moved? Like, the, the fear of 
being alone isn't really a fear of being alone, at least for most people, I think. I think some people do have that pure fear, but for the most part, it stems from a place of what's out there. What am I not safe from? One day, I was out looking for a nice place to build a city for my children when I spotted a mutant in the Forbidden Zone. I landed my vehicle to pursue and destroy this genetic freak before he could warn other mutants in the underground caves. I was kind of like a one-man force, eh? Like Charlton Heston in Omega Man. Do you see it? It's beauty. So, which, uh, which movies did you watch for this? I watched... Vincent Price in The Last Man on Earth, and I wa- right. I rewatched Night of the Comet. Okay. Yeah. I watched more. Yeah. You always watch then, more. Let's start by saying, hey world, at the time we're recording this, it's uh, early July 2013. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do this topic, and then a few days later, Richard Matheson died. And Richard Matheson is the author of I Am Legend. I mean, among a lot of other Many things. Other things. Uh, did you go to his IMDb? Yes. Many, many, many other things. It's like he just keeps popping up in mm-hmm. like things that I love. Yeah. Uh, what Dreams May Come. He wrote the screenplay for that movie. He uh, wrote... Which I love. Several of the Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe movies. Oh, wow. Those Vincent Price movies. And those are a lot of fun. And Comedy of Terrors, which is in that same vein. It isn't Roger Corman and it isn't Poe, but it's, you know, makes a great double feature mm-hmm. for any of those films. As well as... <laughs> 18 episodes of the twilight zone many of its wow it's classic episodes and the novel i am legend which three films were based on Mm -hmm. and other works owe a lot to oh also he wrote duel or he wrote the story that duel was based on i can't remember if he wrote the screenplay okay but um spielberg's first film his tv movie that got made into an actual movie like it got theatrically released it was uh that good Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's pretty crazy that truly this was like three or four days before he passed away that we decided on this topic. Yeah. So we were like, well, that's good. Well, it's strangely timely. I yeah. Don't know, I don't know how to put it. But I mean, yeah. we sort of had the paperwork ready to do Richard Matheson rather than, you know, just doing him at some point down the line. And although we're mentioning him now, this is not the last time he will be mentioned. I'm sure not. In our podcast, just because... The more you cover horror and science fiction, the more his name will just keep returning. Mm-hmm. Stephen King said very nice things about him after he passed away. He was one of Stephen King's earliest influences. You know, he talks a lot about how much he owes Richard Matheson and also how much just the horror and science fiction world in general, like you said. I owe him quite a bit. The movie that I wrote is basically Duel with Teenage Girls. <laughs> so, you know, take away Duel, you just have teenage girls. <laughs> so he wrote... I Am Legend, uh, for which three movies were based on. Kat, you watched one of them. I did. The one that he actually wrote the screenplay to, but wasn't crazy about the way it came out and had his name taken off of it. I'm not sure if it was he who didn't like Vincent Price's performance and thought he was miscast, but I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an easy conclusion to come to, even if you're not Richard Matheson, but I believe he felt that way. Yeah. I think Matheson, like the rest of us, we all like Vincent Price. Yeah. But, um... He's great if you want to see someone lazily stake a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? Vincent Price is not short on malaise. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he is not really much of a protagonist in the sense of, you know, like a fighter who's this scraggly last man on earth. He just feels like he should be in a suit having a cocktail somewhere. I mean, his performance is already outrageous. It's just so, it just doesn't fit. 
And like I said, the laziest staking I've ever seen on film. I mean, the first time he stakes a vampire. It looks like they asked him, okay, just slowly mark what you're going to do when we roll film. Just so we can see where your arm's going to be when it's at its highest point. You know, the normal film stuff you do. And that they just kept that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, no force at all. I mean, oh boy. The last man on earth fights the terrifying living dead. Vincent Price against zombie killers, The Last Man on Earth. The Last Man on Earth came out in 1964. Just want to center us there. So the film opens with shots of bodies in the street. Like just one shot after another of like just parts of the city. It's it's kind of the first thing to say like something's wrong. Right. A disease has wiped out most of the people on Earth. And those that are left are vampires. They're like zombie vampires. They're closer to zombie vampires. Maybe it's just what vampires are like when they don't have much of a food source because there's really nobody left to eat. Yeah. And then at the end of the night of trying to get at the last man on earth, they'll just sort of pick the weakest of their own and eat one of their own and call it a night. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just start the whole thing over the next day. So while he's getting tired of the whole routine, so are they. Yeah. You know, they're just like, his, his name's Robert. Robert, come out, Robert, Robert. Yeah, but I was really it's... weirded out the first time they started speaking because I was like, wait, I understand they're supposed to be kind of like vampires, but they feel more like zombies, but they're talking? Yeah. Zombies don't talk. And and this does predate the first uh, Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. which really took its cues from this film. Absolutely. Of... Which I've seen Night of the Living Dead, you know, about 12 times before I ever saw this one, and I d- you yeah. definitely feel it. Of just... You know, trying to board yourself up and there's attackers outside and they're just kind of like, eh, I'm in. But beating really lazily on the, you know, they're they're not trying very hard to get in. Yeah, but if there's enough of them, it's a real threat. Sure. Uh, Which there are plenty of vampires around. A few less, thanks to uh, Robert Neville. I, I know his character is Robert Neville. I don't know if in the movie it's Robert Neville. Uh, no, they didn't change his name in the other two films. Which, which are, is, I haven't said yet, I Am Legend with Will Smith right. and Omega Man. So in I Am Charles Legend Heston. and in Omega Man, his name is Robert Neville. For whatever reason, in The Last Man on Earth, his name is Dr. Robert Morgan. They changed the name from in the book. I don't know why, but that's... that's Weird. Okay. For whatever reason, they did. Seems arbitrary. It, it does. Day is it anyway? Monday? Hmm? It is. It's Sunday. Sunday, I always dress for dinner. What do you wear when you're the last man on Earth? In Last Man on Earth, uh-huh. the Vincent Price film, he would get dressed every day. He'd put on like a sweater vest, uh, a tie most days, as if he's going to work every day. You know, which he kind of does go to work. He does yeah, his he's normal g- things. He's got a job to do. Mm-hmm. Going to the creepily empty grocery store, picking up more garlic, going to the gas station. Throwing bodies in the pit. Omega Man, kind of the same thing. But when he's at home and, and dresses up, it looks a little um, fancier. Hmm. He doesn't wear any, anything too outrageous, though. And then in I Am Legend, what he wears is just kind of utilitarian. It's not really military, but it's kind of what you'd wear if you went to war but had no rank okay. or uniform. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And, and I am... it's, it's all pretty high end because the stores are open. 
What I'm remembering about I Am Legend is, I mean, he's wearing kind of fatigue type jeans or like t-shirts. Like he's just, I mean, he's a modern day survivor. Yeah. So there's no propriety necessary. Now, I also watch a New Zealand film called The Quiet Earth. I've heard of that. It's also on YouTube in its entirety. Okay. Zach Hobson, July 5th. One, there has been a malfunction in Project Flashlight with devastating results. Two, it seems I am the only person left on it. In The Quiet Earth, he goes pretty mad pretty quick once he realizes he is the last man on Earth. This is circa when? I want to say early 80s. Okay. And at one point, you know, he moves into a mansion and then he goes shopping. You know, there's always like a nice shopping scene. And he's like playing with toy trains. And then the next shot is him in like a real train going down the tracks, blowing the whistle. Wow. And then he starts to get really lonely and starts just kind of eyeballing this slip that's in the closet. Like this woman's kind of negligee. Oh, boy. And then the next like 10 minutes of the movie is is him going around wearing it. Really? Oh, I was making a joke. No, no. He's just roaming the streets wearing it. And then he kind of comes to his senses, takes a dip in the ocean, and then he just starts dressing normal again. Okay. And he doesn't have anybody to fight, really, in that one. It's really just him on Earth. What happened in the quiet Earth to make it such a quiet Earth? A power grid got turned on. Like like an international power grid. And then they start saying, well, maybe we're actually in like an alternative Earth. And then it becomes like anybody who was experiencing death at the moment of the transition is now walking around in this quiet Earth. That's really spooky. Yeah, it's it's possible. So he was experiencing death and wound up? At that exact moment. Wow. That like the transition happened. That's way So he, he runs into a woman who was like being electrocuted. And then a guy who was being drowned at that exact moment. All right. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. Huh. Going back to the uh, the Matheson trilogy, mm-hmm. he did have people to fight, which were vampires, or in the case of Omega Man, were just kind of like albino ghouls, Ooh. which run around in black cloaks. They are kind of psychotic, and they have a leader who used to be a news reporter, which is nice because you get the exposition of the news reports, mm-hmm. and then you get that news reporter as like the main bad guy. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Similarly, in Last Man on Earth, while we don't get exposition at the beginning of the film, we do get it in flashback. And one of the vampires who's outside of Dr. Robert Morgan's house beating on his windows is his former co-worker who's saying, you know, Robert, you know, let us in. You know, the first time you hear him say it, you're like, how does he know his name? And then you learn through flashback that he was his fellow doctor researching this virus and trying to find a cure, which makes it that much more effective, which makes me think, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine being like the last woman on Earth. And then you, Marshall, show up at my apartment and you're like, cat let me in and i have to deal with you like day in day out banging on my door trying to kill me what a nightmare good thing i just uh stick to texting (laughs) (laughs) i just keep getting cat with five a's Uh... (laughs) terrifying um now And, and that's a detail from the book but although in the book it was his like neighbor best friend okay kind of leading the assaults on his home and there's not, from what I recall, an element of that in I Am Legend. In I Am Legend, they just become like super strong zombies. And they're so CG, it's distracting. Yeah. I remember being... It's a at, really sc- the scary movie. I remember being... Up till you see them. Yeah, petrified. I remember absolutely just not knowing what was going to happen. 
and just gripping like my I just remember making fists and just like sh- I was so terrified of dirt for the buildup from this movie There's and then a... when you see them they're all it's like a video game well first in I Am Legend the special effects that just brought us the empty Manhattan yes. are great and it's the first of these movies to have weeds growing in the road yeah you know the others they could still film in any city, if you get up early enough on a Sunday, you can get some empty streets, mm-hmm. which is what they did in Omega Man. It's what they did in Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet. Or just film and Last Man from on a Earth. really low angle. So all you see yeah. are those skyscrapers. Then there's that. <laughs> and no one walking around on the street. Because most cities, anything over six foot just looks abandoned. Yep. But you know, now with CGI, it could just be driving down Times Square and with weeds and like flocks of birds just kind of in the middle and deer running through and it all looks really the great deer running through manhattan is what totally blew my mind in yeah. i am legend yeah and then you got to know his i am legend routines which in all these movies are like you know trips to the store keeping the generator running where do i get gasoline to keep the generator running and then come the monsters where you know slow vampires ghouls you could say for omega man which I was presented with a theory from a YouTube little group of, of guys who like to talk movies called the Cinephiles. Yeah. You've seen them? I've or? heard of them. Yes, okay. yes, yes. One of them talks about that the group of ghouls in this are like a cult. Which in is, Omega Man? In Omega Man, which they are. They, they like reject society and their leader is like, look where man's modern ways have brought us. And they all call each other brother. They're like, yes, brother. But see how he is a, a what, like son of the wheel or something. And so even though they can shoot him, they don't because they want to get him through non-technology and they just spend their nights like burning books and things from museums. And to the cult aspect of it, according to the cinephiles came from what a hot topic Charles Manson was at the time, which makes sense. Sure. The older I get, the more I learn about that era, the more of like a turning point I see Charles Manson to have been. I mean, yeah, to the public consciousness kind of lost its innocence. Yeah, that was a huge, huge slam. This comes from me being literally 35 percent through Helter Skelter as we're recording this. I've been reading it. Oh, that's what we're up to. I'm getting a lot of. uh, Yeah, that's a big undertaking. Yeah, it's a very dense book. Books, books, all the books I'll need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want. And the best thing. The very best thing of all is there's time now. There's all the time I need and all the time I want. Time, time, time. Ah, there's time enough at last. Just trying to anchor this to horror, I have to think that... If you truly are the last man on earth, a la Castaway, if there's no other beings around, I feel like at that point the horror would very quickly shift to insanity. The horror of losing your mind. Because how do you not? Sure. So it goes from being like physical, violent, like creature horror to psychological horror. Which Omega Man gets to pretty early with the there are no phones ringing scene, which he's out and about and all the pay phones just start ringing at the same time. So he's kind of crazy from go. Yeah. I feel like most people would go immediately crazy. Uh, Will Smith is crazier than you'd think. I I feel they don't really show how crazy it is. He is until things start going wrong for him. 
or it just takes a little difference, which the, uh, the monsters, which were like created from the same thing that wiped out most of the people, which is the case in these films, yeah. lay a trap for him by taking one of the mannequins that he likes to talk to that he sets up in the video store. Right. And just putting it outdoors, like, like where he's not supposed to be. I forgot about that. So creepy. And he just starts, just starts yelling at it. No! What the hell are you doing out here, Fred? How did you get out of here? Fred, if you're real, you better tell me right now. Before, it's just kind of fun. He's like, he's talking to these mannequins. That's kind of cute. That's kind of fun. He gets super, super angry. And he gets weirded out. He, he, and he takes it out on the mannequin. And then I don't even know if he knows it's a trap until like he's caught up in a trap. Well, and the thing is, if he were thinking clearly and not going insane, the immediate realization would have been not to be angry at the inanimate object, but to realize, holy crap, something moved this inanimate object and I need to, you know, get to safety. No, his first instinct is to go buck wild on it and like yell at it and attack it. Yeah. Now, what you thinking? Well, you know the uh, old song? If you were the only girl in the world and I were the only boy, okay. But uh, till then, don't bother me. I guess I'm the only boy. In the I Am Legend movies, the last man on Earth has the people to fight, but then he finds the last woman on Earth. A lady. A lady. Pretty far in, too. You get a lot of time with just him before she shows up. He's he's actually he's chasing the dog. And you're like, I hope he gets a dog friend. Yeah. And then he can't really catch up to the dog. But then it's like, oh, next best thing. Even better. It's a lady. It's a lady. Just kind of walking around. And she runs from him. She runs says, from him. I'm not going to hurt you. Stop running. <laughs> yeah. That's the terrible, terrible Vincent Price. That's why we need Bill Hader to do it. Yeah. Haters. Swing on by. We need a good <laughs> Vincent Price. <laughs> Jeezy. Crazy. And see if he finally catches up to the lady. Yeah. So then he has some lady company around the house for a little while until uh, things take a turn. And he finds out that there has been like this whole, there's like the zombie vampires, but then there's these other vampires and they've started a civilization completely without him noticing. Yep. And they regard him as the monster. Therefore, he is legend. They've found a way to maintain through some drugs like sort of a half state like they can make themselves enough human but they have to continually yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little complicated it was a little muddy and, and probably the muddiness of all that is i'm guessing why matheson had his name taken off mm. probably because yeah. th- that's where it really just kind of goes off the I'm rails guessing it wasn't that muddy in the book no no it wasn't although both the book and last man on earth suffer from the idea that in this post-apocalypse no one has post-it notes to leave a note that says, hey, Robert, stop killing us. We're trying to start a new society over here. That's why you always leave a note. In Omega Man, the lady that shows up is an Afroed black woman. Ooh. Sassy. Yeah. Wait, and so um, this was early 70s, late 60s? Oh, was... no, yeah, early 70s. Okay, there you go. Well, doesn't that 70s. make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was like Cleopatra Jones. Amazing. And, like, takes no guff from him. Don't screw up. I know how to roll, but it's hard on the elbows. And if you just have to play James Bond, I'll bust your ass. You 
this man. But they soften and um, have uh, some interracial love. Nookie? Ah. And, and, and some Nookie, yeah. Now what's this stuff about me being the only girl in the world? Which, it's like, it's okay for the races to mix, provided it's that, the end of the world. <laughs> that, that they're the only one left. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> It, it's, it's safe, everyone. It was good, and I applaud it for uh, for breaking down some barriers there, even though it was kind of like, hey, everybody, we can get along with our soul sisters, provided everyone else is dead. <laughs> Once all the white women are gone. All of them. Yeah. And go for that. You know, it's been a long, long time. I'm not sure I remember how this goes. One of the things I want to talk about is just the imagery that happens in films like these. It is creepy imagery? Yeah, sure. Like, Or the tropes of these movies, the things that are pretty consistent through them. I, I know I mean, I've, I've written stuff down. Obviously, I, empty streets. I mean, you know, well, just okay. walking well, in the middle of the street. Well, let me get to this, which was in Night of the Comet, which owes a lot to the I, I Am Legend movies, but came out before the Will Smith I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. At the time that the world ends, it's Christmas time. Yes. And what makes Christmas time as a world ending point so creepy is it's an extension of seeing things of just like having been stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, so you see sort of like Mount Vesuvius type of things where it's like, clearly this person was about to bake some bread. Because their clothes are there and their apron is there and they were on their way to the stove or whatever. Yeah, like like they're holding a a bread tray. Right. And it's those evidence... You know, it's not like walking around in an Ikea where everything is just motionless and no one has ever slept in this bed and no one's ever actually sat at this table. Mm-hmm. But rather, these movies like to use things of like, you can see that the kettle was on. Mm. And then that's kind of where it all stopped. Well, the rituals of Christmas, which I Am Legend also has the world ending at Christmas time. So not as much as Night of the Comet, but he'll go like into someone's apartment to scavenge for food. And there's like a Christmas tree and he'll just kind of go down the street and there'll be like Christmas decorations still like up in the windows. Yeah. Just to say like, this is when everything stopped. It was almost Christmas. Which is more emotionally rich. Yeah. So much more. Because it's just like setting the table or this guy was about to make a sandwich. And it's just like, well, this world was about to celebrate Christmas. And the world already at Christmas time feels a little bit weird and special because there are decorations on the street and there are Christmas trees and windows. Like the world already feels like you're in a slightly shifted dimension. You're in this, it's special. It's a little surreal. It is already. So for it's super heightened surreality when the world stops at Christmas. Yeah. However, uh, no Hanukkah stuff. Huh? Wow. (laughs) There's no, you know, they'll go to like, like a store and the store will just have like the paint on the windows being like, happy Xmas. Well, it's, but it, no, um, Night of the Comet is L.A., so it should there should have been a lot of Hanukkah stuff. Yeah. And, um, well, in, in New York, he doesn't uh, scavenge someone's home and find a menorah. Right. Hmm. Oops. Yeah. That's of course, they right. don't always fall at the same time. Sure. Now, this leads me to Night of the Comet. 1984. I was going to put in a sound drop after I said Night of the Comet. Uh, do it again. Uh, one where you do it with me. One, two, three. This leads me to Night, Night of, of the, the Comet. Did 
you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? Who would you see? There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. What would you do? Hey, I'm sorry if the end of the world makes me a little nervous. Where would you go? The stars are up ahead. Well, get ready to find out, because the comet is coming into your orbit. The legal drinking age is now 10, but you will need ID. Let's be real. It's the night of the comet. The night the teenagers ruled the world. So, Marshall, you showed me 1984's Night of the Comet a couple years ago. Yes. At this point, this one had never even crossed my path. I had never, ever heard of it. And I have to say, rewatching it again for this podcast, I enjoyed it even more the second time. I personally enjoy, of course, the more horror aspects of any film, but especially Night of the Comet, than I do the scientific, sci-fi you know, military, industrial, like, research facility elements. That stuff, it's okay. What I like more is somebody opening the door and not knowing that the world has ended yet, and then, zombie, radiation zombie guy. You know, that's scary. Now, the way that they survive, like, most of the world gets wiped out. Right. It's not uh, one of those slow burns, like Last Man on Earth or Omega Man or any of those. Um, it's one of those overnight events. Comet. Comet comes. People turn to dust. <laughs> and the way that the survivors who do survive survive is they were surrounded by metal or steel. That prevented the radiation from the comet from turning them to dust. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty clever. You know, Regina, our lead character, is yeah. making it with a guy <laughs> in uh, the projection room of a movie theater and that happens to be walled in steel. In steel, because, as Inglorious Bastards taught us, and Cinema Paradiso, film used to be very, very flammable. And it was a fire code thing to have projection rooms reinforced with steel so the whole building didn't burn down. Yeah. That's why she survives a cataclysmic event. And that's good enough for me. Close enough. Yeah, I'm into it. Her sister, meanwhile, both valley girls, <laughs> a, a concept I was kind of aware of before moving. I'm Now I'm a valley guy. Sure. I live, sure I live in Burbank. Yeah, you totally fit the mold, too. Yeah. You love going to the mall. I do enjoy going to the mall. <laughs> yeah. And the little sister is a lot more focused on valley girl type things. Yeah. Like shopping. You know, Regina, the lead character, she's what you want a lead female character to be. She's a little stronger, a little smarter, a little tougher. Scrappy. You know? Yeah. She plays video games. Yeah. She does have all of the scores in a video game. Except for one. Except for one. Wait a minute. Somebody named DMK in sixth place. When did this happen? So basically, the Earth is aware that this comet's, comet's going coming. to come, but they, they oh, it's going to pass by Earth. Let's all have a viewing party. So like the world over, people are outside yeah, to, to look to at check this it comet. Out. Which this was made among the hubbub in the early 80s that Halley's Comet was coming back yep. after a 75-year cycle, yeah. I think it is. Halley's Comet was also used in the horror movie Life Force. In uh, Toby Hooper's Life Force, apparently Halley's Comet... They send like a shuttle out to sort of greet it. Oh. And they find like vampires inside oh, and then take them back to Earth. And then it's like, got to deal with these comet vampires. That's really fun. Yeah. Comet vampires. So the idea of a comet coming was sort of on everyone's mind. Timely, appropriate. When this came out, yeah. But okay. actually hadn't come back yet. Got it. So, so the, everyone's going, oh God, is this what it's going to be like when Haley's comet comes Well, back? there's a quick bit with an old guy. And right. it going like, well, when Hairless Comet came in 1910, everybody thought that was going to be bad exactly. news. Exactly. So be fine. everyone's holding Comet parties. 
but they, they contrive a little something. So, so Regina's in her in Regina's the in film the steel or whatever, and then she goes home, and you know all the streets are empty except for piles of red dust. Piles of red which dust, are formerly people, because their clothes are still there. Yeah, that's all that's left. And then she gets home. And there's her sister, just kind of bopping to her uh, her top 40 tunes. No clue the world is ended. In her pep squad outfit, which is a nice touch because it just kind of keeps her in a cheerleader outfit. It's a nice visual. Mm-hmm. Although in between, you know, like the night when, when like all the lights start flashing in the sky. Yes. And the next day, before Regina really gets going, the machines of the world start up. Mm. And that's really creepy and a good touch that sci-fi likes to bring yes which is when all of mankind is gone the machines will carry the on things we've put in place don't stop just because of that like yeah the street so lights are going the pool filter kind of kicks on sprinklers start sprinkling and then this advertising clown just like a clown yes. out in front of a business that Very says spooky. like come on in who just kind of like Makes a quarter turn, his hands move, makes a quarter turn back, his hands move. He's just kind of going all on his own in this empty street. One of the images that really strikes me in Night of the Comet is when Regina, you know, she wakes up in the projection room having survived, goes outside, meets a crazy zombie guy, you know, realizing, oh, something's wrong. It's not that serious yet. She thinks he's just like... Crazy hobo. Like a crazy hobo. But she hops on a motorcycle and then goes through the empty streets of Los Angeles and comes up next to an empty car, you know? Yeah. And then playing Christmas music. Playing Christmas music and stops at a stoplight, kind of waiting on the light to change. Yeah. And kind of looks in the car. And it's like this eerie moment of like, no one's in the car next to me. There's no reason for me to wait on the light. Like, it's so surreal. Look. Look at this. At what? Doris isn't at Chuck's. I'll show you Doris. Here's Doris. This is all that's left of her. This is dust. Look. Here's Chuck. Where are the kids? It's Saturday morning. Where are the goddamn kids? These movies are pretty good on monologues, actually, mm-hmm. for people that don't have people to talk to much. Yeah. You can fit in some nice monologues. Of course. And one of them is the little cheerleader girl talking about just how all of her friends are dead. And yeah. how, like... That was one, really sad. There was a boy she liked, and one of her friends was failing English. And was worried about how to tell her parents, and she said she really got off got easy, off easy on that one and then cries and yeah a few tears while they're sitting on an abandoned cop car just yeah. for funsies which of course would yeah that makes perfect sense that you'd isolate those really specific things that, the worries that seem so big when the world isn't over and then now suddenly you're like wow she was worried about telling her parents she was failing english and now she and they are dead along with everyone else on earth except for us at that yeah. point that's what she thinks so to cheer her sister up but sister is sam by the mm-hmm. way yeah to cheer up, they go to the mall. Right. And have a, I don't want to say shopping, because shopping implies paying for clothing, but, you know, um, trying on clothes and playing around. Yeah. Two girls just want to have fun. Which you point out to me was not the Cindy Lauper version. Oh, did I point that out? Yeah. And I couldn't tell the difference at all. I don't But then I looked it up. It's a version that I think was made for the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Like, even that movie couldn't get the rights to Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I'm way too smart for my own good. Uh, good on me for realizing You that. just know Cindy Lauper when you don't hear her. Listen, it's a very specific voice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, first of all, 
I don't know if I would necessarily go try on all the clothes, although I might. Like, I'd want to find, like, a really high-end store, the ones that are really, really, really expensive, and they have, like, two shirts and, like, a pair of pants, and that's the store. Sure. And I'd go put on, every, you know, all the stuff and then roll around in the dirt just because I could, <laughs> you know? But who can blame them for going to the mall? Like, that's a place where expensive clothes, like, you yeah, can't right. afford, and then you just go take Trying them. Trying different shoes. So if you and I were to wake up, find that the world had ended. Halloween Town. Okay, so, so that's where I'd run into you. Yep. You, you'd hear something, Russell, Russell. You'd go for your gun, and you go, Marshall, cat, what are you doing here? Why are you dressed in a fancy gown rolled around in dirt? <laughs> and, then, and then you'd say, why are you dressed like John Wayne? I'd be like, you know what? Shh, there's a lion outside. Here's what we'll do. <laughs> okay. First of all, that was amazing. Secondly, I just realized <laughs> now we have a plan. Okay. We'll meet at You'll Halloween go to Town. We'll the Autry Museum. I will go. Start stealing clothes. Uh, yeah. Go put on John Wayne's clothes. I'll go to, I don't know, the nearest mall I can find, get a really fancy dress, roll around in the dirt, and then I'll meet you at Halloween Town and we'll figure out what else we're going to do. Okay. We'll figure out how to move forward from there, but we'll just get our jollies out and then we'll go do that. We'll swing by Rocket Fizz for some uh, soda supplies. Absolutely. And candy. Yeah. Yeah. That keeps. Sounds like fun. Okay. We'll do this. Okay. Anywho, they go to the mall, and it's a jolly good time. In Dawn of the Dead, the original, they just have like like a nice mall scene where they try on all the clothes and well, and the remake. It just ends with them going like, ah, I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whereas this one gets interrupted. All the lights go off, and there's people who were affected by the comet, but not dead. So just gross, radioactive, melty face kind of thing going on. A little Pretty bit. Pretty creepy. Yeah. And like, like the first thing that happens is you get kind of psychotic and your eyes become sensitive to the light. So you know who the bad guys are because they're all wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Attention, shoppers. I trust you've got credit cards to pay for all that stuff. And so then there's a nice uh, Uzi fight through the store where you get to do one of the, um, oh, it's just a mannequin. No, it's not. Yeah. So the leader of these guys, hold on. I Now I must totally go to my notes because I want to pay tribute to this guy. Yeah. Um, while you're doing that, I do just want to point out that Kelly Maroney, who plays Sam, the sister, Regina's uh-huh. sister, she's also in Chopping Mall. I've never seen Chopping Mall. I've seen it. We'll watch it sometime. I think you were describing it to, like, I guessed what Chopping Mall was about and you were just like, you'd think, but it's not. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. We'll watch it at some point. Okay. Ivan E. Roth as Willie. Let's play a game. It's called Scary Noises. Willie. Willie is like the head of the ghoulish stock boys. Um, Willie, I wrote down, not the best villain of the 80s, but the best 80s villain. He's the most 80s villain. Yeah. I will definitely get on board with you. Dressed in smoking jacket and dangly earring. And he gives sinister game show references. If Bachelorette number one isn't out here in half a tick, I'm going to ice Bachelorette number two. He's pretty fun. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. I I looked him up on IMDb. He did this and that. I really wish he'd done more. Yeah. Because he's really got that look, you know, of that era. Totally. That for some reason, they just don't make him like that anymore. Yeah. Or... They all cut their hair differently now. I, I don't. I don't know what to think about uh, anomalies like Ivan E. Brown. Sure. You know, it's like him and what was, what was the name of the handyman from the original Fright Night? 
Oh, yeah. It's like after the 80s were over, they just so looked like the 80s. They just couldn't function. Sure. <laughs> they were so right, like, 80s. We can't use you anymore. You literally came from 10 years ago. You defined a decade. Now you're an obsolete man. Right, go home. Um, I also want to give a shout out. Okay, so we have these guys, but then the other antagonists turn out to be these scientific researchers. Mm -hmm. Mary Warrenoff is one of the main scientists. And the first time I saw this movie, it looked so familiar. I was like, why? It's because she's in House of the Devil. And I was like, she's so sexy. She's this Amazon woman with these gorgeous high cheekbones. Yeah, and the first time I saw it, it was like hair just pulled back and severe features and a devil worshiper. You know, it just didn't... She used to um, be part of Andy Warhol's crew. And then went from there into like Roger Corman movies. And now she's kind of like a cult queen. Yeah, deservedly so. She is. But uh, yeah, I just had to mention her. I love her. She's so great. And she's got a a nice little little plot line where her conversations with the other scientists, they're on opposite sides of an issue. But you think the issue is she doesn't want survivors brought back to the compound because she doesn't want to share all her stuff. It kind of seems like, like, hey, what, you don't want to share all your canned food? But then it turns out she doesn't want the survivors brought back because the overall plan is to drain them of their blood to try to create a serum because the whole population of scientists got kind of affected. Right. And they're all kind of ticking time bombs. They know that eventually they're going to... Turn to dust. Deteriorate. Yeah, that much. And, and turn into monsters on their way. Yeah. Sure. And just like the last man on Earth gets a last woman on Earth... The last couple of gals on Earth get Hector. You mean the guy who looks just like Eric Estrada? <laughs> sure. And I can't stop thinking that the whole time. I mean, he's a cute guy. I knew an older version of him from uh, Star Trek Voyager. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was he was a uh, Chipotle. It's not Chipotle, but his, his name sounds pretty similar to Chipotle. That's like funny. Chahote. Okay. Or something. Like, uh, <laughs> I think you should go with Chipotle. Yeah, it, was, it was Chipotle, the number one on Voyager. Got it. And he's another, uh, like, uh, hey, it's okay to date outside your race, provided... He's the last man on Earth. All the, I don't know, though, All the white is, boys are gone. I'm not sure, though. I don't know if I want to go with that on this, because it's L.A., so those girls would have already... They'd be going to school with a lot of like, cute Latino guys. Like, that would have been fine. But I love that it, fi- it still fits that. The 80s uh, weren't always quite as progressive as you think. There were still a few hurdles. All right, fine. Hector's not exactly a fox, but... Considering what's left is not bad. It sounds cute. Yeah, so they've met Hector. He's... Well, they met him at the radio station. Right. Because one of the machines to still be running... Such a nice touch. ...was the DJ's still going, and then they get there, and the DJ's just a recording. They hear it on the radio, and they're like, oh my gosh, someone else has survived. Yeah. And then the radio station is empty, or so they think. And then they meet Hector. Yeah. And he goes to San Diego the next day after they meet him to, to look for check his family. his family, who are gone. Yeah. Or scary, crazy. I think it was just like a little neighbor kid. Yeah. He runs into a little neighbor kid zombie. That was scary. But, oh, and speaking of machines that keep going, something that's not around anymore. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Is, is the record that will... He's pl- he walks in, the record players, oh God. The record player's still so going, playing some Christmas music. Yep. And this it mostly gets used in movies to show that someone has killed themselves. Sure. And that like... Hello, is anybody home? And you hear music. Oh, you hear music, must be listening to music, and then the music ends, and you just watch that needle go up and over and, and back start down again. And you know, someone's dead. Oh boy! Because ooh, I just got chills. Yeah, you know what? They never show that in movies. Just doing what it was designed to do, which is 
play music. Uh-huh. You know? No, it's always the death knell. The or the a harbinger of death? There you go. A symbol of death? A symbol. So something of death. that says that death has occurred. It's a representation, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. They said you were dead. They were exaggerating. Totally. Hey, that's a great outfit. Thanks. Is that guy in the hallway dead? So basically, just the the loose plot towards the end of the film is just that this motley crew that we now know, you know, Regina, her sister Sam, and Hector, plus two kids who have been taken to the research facility, kind of battle against these evil scientists and win out. Then, you know, they come out on the other side of it, and they're one weird, happy family. Which, uh, I guess, Regina... And Hector decide, like, well, let's start rebuilding civilization by dressing nice and obeying the crosswalk. Right. You don't cross against the light. Yeah. Which I think that's such a nice touch. And I think given that situation, you'd want to cling to those little things. The whole burden of civilization has fallen upon us. What's that supposed to mean? It means we do not cross against the light. Let's reveal the last reveal, which is who was DMK from the uh, the video game? So Regina, just to recap, I think we kind of glossed over it. Uh, we didn't really fully explain it. We just were like, yeah, DMK, ah, is that Regina, who works at the movie theater, which is why she's there spending the night making it with some guy... She plays this arcade game, and she has all the top scores. She prides herself on having all the top scores. She has her initials. And then at the beginning of the movie, she's playing it. Her boss is on her to go clean up in the movie theater. And she's like, give me a second. And then she realizes someone else has taken, like, spot five or six. Who's DMK? initials are DMK, and she's so annoyed. So she plays the game somehow exactly so that she gets that Like, reaches his score, does one more, and then just stops. Right. And then at the very end of the film, uh, the film, not sure. the comet, Sam, who's kind of down on her luck because, you know, Regina there's, and Hector. There's one guy left and her sister her got sister him. Took, like, she takes all the guys. But then, as Sam is crossing against the light, going, just cross the street already. There's no one around. She goes into the middle of the street and a car almost hits her. Yeah. And the guy in the car is kind of a dreamboat. Um, and it's like, what's your name? And he's like... Danny Mason Keener. And as he pulls away with Sam in the car, the license plate says DMK. It's like, oh, that's DMK. Well, that solves One tiny joke from (laughs) earlier in the movie. (laughs) Like, we all love a good callback, but really there's nothing that got resolved with that. that shouldn't have been the very literal end of the movie. That was it. Like, DMK, everybody. It's the payoff. We know you all were waiting if you even remembered it from literally the first two and a half minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I like Night of the Comet. I think it's oh, fun. I think after you, I think that was one of the movies that I showed you, and then it ended, and you were just like, "Well, now I've got to own it." Yeah, I did say that. I still haven't bought it, but I remember saying that. And um, thankfully, it's on YouTube, so I don't really need to purchase it. I can watch it. I mean, that may change until it but... gets pulled. The uh, I, I was gonna watch Omega Man on YouTube, which it was all on YouTube. And I was like, okay, good. I'll just do that instead of you know getting it through other means. And then Richard Matheson died, and I went to look for it again, like, two days later, and it was pulled from YouTube. Attention was drawn to it. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, then it was like, pay $2 to watch Omega Man. It was like, not as long as I know how to work a computer, I won't.
I, I think we've reached the conclusion that uh, if it was the end of the world, it'd be fun for a little while, but really suck if it lasts too long. And that seems to be our thoughts on the movies. <laughs> Good fun, but keep them to the point. Because if they go too long, they can really kind of overstay their welcome. Absolutely. But if you keep them moving, they're pretty fun. Yeah. And, and, and give you something to think about. You know, yeah. I think every decade there should be at least one of these end of the world movies just so we can get that perspective on our world. Yes. Because they have changed from Last Man on Earth through Night of the Comet and then I Am Legend mm -hmm. with Will Smith. They are the last man on Earth, but the Earth as we left it, has changed. Yeah. So, anything to plug? Um. Oh, uh, one thing to plug, I'm going to plug Boys and Ghouls here, is if you haven't found us yet, we are now on Instagram, which is not really the most useful place for us to be since we are an audio product. However, our Instagram is really fun. It's full of a lot of spooky things. If you're on Instagram, go check us out and follow us. And let me think if there's anything. If you want to see what we look like on a day trip. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Too. Yeah. Well, you can see that on Facebook, though. Yeah, okay. And you should follow us on Twitter and all the other platforms. Well, which are, you know what? Uh, if you're on the Tumblr, check us out on Tumblr. You'll get some nice horror movie pictures. Like us on Facebook. Follow on Pinterest. And keep listening. There'll be new episodes on the 13th of every month. And if you have any suggestions for what we should do, or if you just want to leave a comment on something we talked about, you can reach us at boysandghouls at gmail.com. All right, cat. As always, beware the moon. Beware.